Blog Talk Radio. front line in healthcare, the healthcare heroes. 
they're trying to save everybody from COVID-19. Please, when you're out there, you maybe maybe have some kind of a reason not to, but please wear your mask. We don't want to lose any any more listeners than we have to, and it is important for your health and my health that you do wear those. So we appreciate everybody that does. Um, well, tonight we have uh, our, our star star spangled crew with us, uh, Bob and Zito, and uh, let's start uh, Zito. You had the week off last week, so you're going. We're going right to you. Yeah. <laughs> this is, this is a, a challenge. Adrian Broner is finally found somebody to fight him on the 20th of February. Uh, uh, Giovanni uh, uh, Santiago. What do you think about that one? Um, well, it, with, with Broner, I mean, he, he's it's time for him to kind of get back busy. Uh, he, he's a guy who who. He looks good against how am I going to say this? He looks good against the non-elite fighters. The upper echelon guys, uh, Broner tends to have a tough time with, uh, especially the, the heavier ones. Broner's naturally he's naturally not a welterweight, and his losses uh, you have his loss to Pacquiao, to Sean Porter, to Madonna, uh, and you know those are heavier guys to be honest. Uh, maybe not so much Pacquiao, he, but he fights. He's been fighting Africa for a while, uh, and his loss to Mikey Garcia is that that that's you know different. That's a different technical beast. Um, and he had a draw with Jesse Vargas. That's Broner's level. He is exactly the level of having a draw with Jesse Vargas. Um, with that said. He's a guy, for some reason, he, he, his name is always in the news. He's a guy who's sought after um, for fights. And I think part of that with Broner is that um, he's a beatable guy. He's a beatable guy, but he's also, I mean, he's a guy who's, he has his limitations, but he's, I mean, he's, a, he's also a name. He's made a name for himself. Um so I mean I, I don't now the uh, guys fighting I'm not too familiar with, but I would anticipate that right now they're trying to build Broner back up, so they're not going to throw him in with any uh, any of the lions yet. I, I would anticipate, but I'm I'm not sure I haven't uh, read up on that. I'm sorry. Yeah, you know I I was uh, surprised this afternoon I watched the uh, the fight uh, Trevor uh, uh, Brian versus versus uh, Bernard Stavern. And he, uh, I, I was surprised that he stopped Severn in the 11th uh, round uh, for the. Uh, and you know, the first thing that drew, drew my attention to the fight was that earlier in the week, Don King petitioned the WBA that this be a WBA interim championship, heavyweight championship. Um, and it, it was for for most of the fight, it was a pretty decent fight. Um, but what what do you think about that one? Any idea? Uh, no, I didn't uh, get to see the fight, and um, I, I know that Stavern, uh hes getting a little older. <laughs> he's getting a, a little more than a little older, and he's not one of the guys. He's not the, uh, a giant at heavyweight. He's a now nah, he's a heavyweight, definitely. He's a heavy guy, but he's not a giant. And one thing about Stavern, one thing about uh, just just Stavern and getting older is your activity in the ring decreases. Stavern was never a guy to let his hands go all fight long. 
I mean, I, I don't, I, I don't know how it's going. I don't think his conditioning, you know, really is that. Uh, he's a guy who, who's a pretty good counter puncher, and he has a good timing. Um, but he's getting older, and you know, as a guy who, who didn't have a high output anyway, uh, as I say, the older you get, the less you're, out, the less you're throwing out there. And you know, I would imagine that you know, Stavern, you know, he he's a guy that he would have he would have put up uh, he would have put up I would say a um, better performance if he was younger. As <laughs> simple as that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, towards the end of the fight, he he seemed to uh, be uh, he took a couple shots to the body that that took him a couple seconds to re- mm-hmm. respond to. In fact, uh, just before they stopped the fight. Um, he had taken a shot to the liver, and it was uh, he was gasping for air. He, he just couldn't get the air uh, bent over, and that's why the uh, that's why they stopped the fight. But, yeah, that, uh, that that'll do it. I mean, you you have to. Oh, yeah. I mean, you have to wear a guy out. You, you can take energy from a guy by by hitting him, you know, into the body for the most part. I mean, applying pressure, making them work harder, but also putting something on. When you say you have to put something on a guy early, and you'll see the results later. That's more or less what they're talking about. Okay, and uh, another another fight that uh, made all us older older Scotch drinkers uh, feel good. Um, Bob uh, McGregor took it to the chin. Omg, yes, sir. That was you know I, I wish I could have been in the same room as Ty when that happened, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> Phenomenal. So UFC 257, the night of uh, 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 upsets, you know. Um, mm-hmm. We talked last week, you know, McGregor's McGregor, and, you know, he's coming in as a, a minus 340 favorite um, to put the badass McGregor stuff down, and he got handled by the new Dustin Poirier. Yeah. So yeah, got the, got the TKO uh well, knockout in uh, round two, 232 the round two. Um, it was yep. epic fashion. It was awesome. Um, uh, Poirier kept that pressure on McGregor. I mean, again, we were talking last week how Poirier was going to come out as a whole new person. And, you know, he's done a lot mm-hmm. of good changing stuff since their last uh, matchup. And, boy, it was – I couldn't have uh, wished for a better outcome. I mean, that was fantastic. Yeah. When, yeah. when I when I, uh, when I saw well the end, the fight ending, I said well, I said to myself maybe I'll lie. I said Bob has to be the happiest person on the face of the planet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, because that's the... Before the fight was even over, they had the Bernie memes out there with Bernie you know hanging out with him when he's knocked out. You know, <laughs> Bernie and his mittens with Connor laying on the ground. You know. So and, and um, with, with that fight, you 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 have to know fighting to see what was going on, um, because because for a large part of it, you would think that Connor was going to end him because Connor was hitting him. Yeah. Uh, but you have to know fighting to see what was going on. Um, the 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 the, the, the how the party kind of got started, the downhill party on Connor got started. It was a counter. It was a counter uh, right. Yeah. And it was the check right. And the thing is, Connor was getting away from those check rights earlier in the fight. And those leg kicks just yeah. And and Connor, I mean, he he started getting he saw Connor getting a little bead on uh Dustin. Uh he started he started finding his range a little bit, started finding D- Dustin a little bit. 
as he was doing that, he was stepping into harm's way, and he couldn't right. step out of harm's way. And as I said, you have to yeah exactly. And you saw that he slowly, slowly started getting caught with that. Um, started getting caught with something on the counter, and you see him. You see, you know, he was. It was one exchange where Connor threw. He threw his exchange, and after he threw his exchange, he was leaving, and Dustin whipped the kick right as it is exit. And I said, "Oh, that's going to be a problem." That's going to be a problem <laughs> because one thing Connor does extremely well is distance. He's good. He's good, and he's kind of quick at being in and out with the distance, with the footwork. Yeah, popping in and out of that pocket and then counter punching and stuff. And you know, Poirier yeah. was looking, at, you know, trying to. He had to find his distance. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. And what Poirier did, he started messing with Connor's distance with those footbed, with those kicks. Yeah. And with a guy who's coming in and out like that. I mean, boxers, it's harder to do with dealing with boxing. <laughs> with, 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 uh, with MMA and, and the, the other, you know, striking arts where you can use all your limbs. <laughs> Pardon me. Uh, I mean, that is, I mean, he was, he was, Dustin was sacrificing his head at times to get leg kicks on. So yeah. that, but, and, and, and that, that it was effective. It was effective. Dustin's tough. Um, and he, he, he did a perfect job of finishing. He did a perfect job of finishing. Just clipped that chin, yeah, and then followed him down. Yeah, it was great. The the next fight that uh, that was there was uh, a guy that I had asked last week about was Michael Chandler. Having won the uh, Bellator, he came over to UFC. And, right, uh, and then that was another on. upset. Yeah, because uh, mm-hmm. Hooker was uh, a negative 130 favorite, okay? And mm-hmm. Dan Hooker was like uh, an ex, you know, awesome kickboxer, was a uh, kickboxing champ in another uh, uh, organization. Um, he had the height. He had the reach. But, again, you know, if we're talking about distance, um, you know, and I see this a lot of these tall guys, they'll, you know, they pop in, they pop out. When they pop out, they'll just kind of pick that chin up, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and Dan Hooker was doing, he was, he was picking that chin up, not leaving that chin down when he was when he was backing up, and Michael Chandler, you know, I mean, Dan Hooker's what twenty ten and zero, and Chandler's twenty two five and and zero. So I mean, these boys, these boys both got ring experience. So you at this point, you know how to find your distance. You don't ever want to fight someone where they're good. You don't want to stay in their distance. You're shorter man, you want to press them. You're taller man, you keep them away. You know, fight your fight. And and Chandler got in there, and yep, just boom, got him. And that was. And so no one saw that coming. I mean, if you're a betting person, UFC 257 was your underdog night. <laughs> Absolutely. A, a person could run forward, or could go forward faster than the other person could go backward. Right. But when you, I mean, tall guys, it doesn't matter how tall you are. If you're, even if you're moving back, if you're moving back and all, you have your chin in the air, a shorter guy, all he has to do is take a faster run step towards you. And he's going to close the distance faster than you can get away. Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what's up. You know, it kind of worked for Connor for a while. I mean, Connor's chin was popping up like that, too. And that's how I think Poirier, you know, caught him. I mean, Connor's kind of got that head on a swivel when he's pretty good with making people miss just by inches. You know, it's like when I'm trying to teach people, I'm like, you know, they bend all the way down or they slip all, you know, they're halfway bent over. I'm like, make them miss by an inch, not a mile. You know, don't waste that. Don't waste that amount of energy, you know, stay right in that pocket. And, uh, 
but keep that chin down. And uh, you much rather have one on the on the forehead than you would on your chin or your or your nose. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that those little chin catches because that just that smacks your neck, uh, messes with your equilibrium, uh, gets into your jaw, you know, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that, that's the button. That's the button. The, the, when you hit the chin, the, the you know you, when you hit the bottom, the top wiggles. <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> Yeah, so it was a great, great night for upsets on 257. There was also earlier in the card, uh, I had more high hopes for Jessica I, but she got handled. Uh, and I can't remember the girl that beat her up, but she did a great job. Mm-hmm. Bob, what happened with the, uh, Rachel uh, Bennington, Pennington? Uh, she Raquel uh, Pennington. Yeah. Yeah, okay, so, so well – I mean, before we jump all down the six-month suspension, like Connor's on a six-month suspension. Anytime you get knocked out, anytime you, you know, uh, you know, so they're, they're kind of medical suspension. Six months is kind of the, the go-to. Um, but what happened with Raquel Pennington, um, she was actually seeing a doctor for, for whatever, and um, he, he uh, uh, gave her – and and I don't know what this even is. Like I was a pro athlete for a while, and I don't even know what these damn drugs are. No one ever offered it to me. But, yeah, it's all like. But anyways, like seven K or seven keto dash D H E A, and then like an AOD dash nine oh six four. I don't know what that is. Okay, but apparently it's wrong, and you shouldn't be taking that. You know, so clear clear out your cabinets of AOD nine six four. Um, but yeah, so she, a doctor prescribed it. She was reading through some rules and regs, saw that it was illegal. She self-reported to the USDA and then she got the six months. And they're like, so yeah, so we appreciate this. She stopped taking the stuff, uh, for whatever she was going through. Um, but yeah, so then they gave her a six month suspension. I think I thought she was supposed to fight in April. So, um, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I can't, can't verify that, but yeah, so she's out for a little bit. Yeah. She was supposed to fight April 10th. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then that, so, and again, um, I appreciate her candor, you know, her candid, I, I don't know, coming forward and, and saying, you know, Hey, this is like, she doesn't want to be that person that goes to weigh-ins and then the fight's canceled. So I respect that. And then again, she, she, I don't know what it is. She apparently didn't know it was illegal. Uh, I don't know what it's for. So uh, she stopped taking it now though. So good for her. Yeah, sure. Uh, Tiafimo uh, Lopez uh, says he's going to be fighting uh, Devin Haney. Um, it's it's one of those TBA things uh, uh, as far as the date. But what do you think of that matchup? Uh, I, I think uh, it, it's good. It would be good for boxing. You have two young guys uh, who, who right now they're on hot streaks uh, meeting up. And that, I mean, boxing, you, you need to stop protecting the O. It's as simple as that. You need to stop trying to protect the O and prove it. Prove that the O belongs. You have to fight competition. That's that's the name of the game. And Hank, right now, they're both, I mean, they're, they're kind of, you know, you're dealing with that, uh, the lightweight and, and uh, what is it, super featherweight, more or less. You're dealing with those guys moving up, or the junior welterweight, lightweight division. Uh, you also have uh, Tank Davis and Ryan Garcia in there, who they're talking about. Ryan Garcia is uh, looking to fight Pacquiao, but so you, right now you have all those guys kind of mingling. Um, Lopez, to me, he's beat 
he's beat the best cop. He's beaten the best guy in Lomachenko. Um, but I think Ryan Garcia, he had he had the more impressive stoppage. Not the performance, not the most impressive performance. He had the more impressive stoppage against a good competition than Luke Campbell. Um, because you just Luke Campbell's the guy you just don't stop, and he and he did precisely that. He put him down with a liver shot. Uh, so, I mean, right now it's getting hot. As far as now, if uh, Lopez and Haney were to fight, um, I think it would resemble the Lomachenko fight a little bit. I think Haney will let his hands go a little more, but. It, like Lomachenko, he did a lot through seven rounds just to protect himself. He put himself in situations where he could have let his hands go with, uh, in, in a way where it would have been more or less, I don't want to say safe, it's never safe, but in his terms, you know, relative safety, but he, he was he was scared of Lopez's power and his pop, or maybe he's just waiting for Lopez to fade, which it takes longer longer for a young guy to fade. So, I mean, <laughs> he, you know, Lomachenko, he gave seven rounds away to Lopez. Haney's not going to do that. But I think Haney's going to have to put his gloves up. Haney's not hitting uh, Lopez with anything Lopez is going to really, I think, respect. And that will allow Lopez to open up a little more. I mean, Haney's good. He's defensive. He's, he's slick. But I don't think he's that. He's not as slick as Lomachenko, and he doesn't hit as hard as Lomachenko. That's I think that's going to be would be a problem if fighting Terrafimo Lopez specifically. I think that'd be a problem for him. Right. Hey, hey Bob. Uh, Matt Holloway had a good good decision uh, this last week too. You have something on that? Max Holloway. Yeah, that was an awesome fight. Um, that was uh, what two weeks back. Um, yes. Looked like a whole new guy, and we talked a little bit about that. Again, Max Holloway is only 29, so he's coming into his prime. He's been in, you know, he came in as a fill-in, uh, you know, years ago, and um, you know, he lost his first UFC debut, but then he came back with some really good wins, and and with as much as ring experience as he has, uh, he's just got no room but to grow, you know, and and be honestly, he he could be one of the goats at at that weight. Um, because, again, of his age now, what he's already accomplished, and he's working. And so he went in there, and that was uh, – if no one saw that and you want to be a fan of the UFC, that was a great fight. I, get, I, I prefer the lighter weight guys fighting. But he set so many records that night with most strikes thrown in a UFC fight, most fights or most strikes thrown in any round of the UFC ever, most significant strikes landed in it. You know, I mean, just – he set – so, so many records that night. It was it was a phenomenal fight, um, mm-hmm. and you know, and I had some friends over and stuff. And there's, you know, we 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 kind of discussed that stuff. And they're saying his opponent, you know, his opponent had worked his way up to be in that slot, so he deserved it. But by the performance of Max Holloway, the dude was completely outclassed. And the only compliment I give his opponent is nice chin, because he stood in there and took it. But what do you how, what do you congratulate how do you congratulate someone who took an ass beating you know like hey right. good ass beating you know um, <laughs> way to take it I I don't know like I don't there's no real way that guy had to be hurting for days or weeks after that um, but yeah so that was that was a phenomenal fight yeah we say those guys are tough 
That's the best way to say that. Hey, that guy's tough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, he, you know, he, he keeps up that career. He's going to end up like, you know, Forrest Griffin or, 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 or the Diaz. Oh. You know, when you, you get cut that much and you get all that much scar tissue oh, and it tissue. keeps rebuilding, it just, it, scar tissue keeps you out, you know. It can force an early retirement just on cuts alone. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, really, uh, and, and you're right, uh, Diaz had to have the surgery. No, yeah. just dealing with the scar tissue. So that yeah, that that is the problem. Cuts up every fight, every fight. Hey, see, see, you, you worked uh, you worked the corners for a lot of fights. Uh, how about uh, letting our listeners know exactly uh, you know when you have a cut like that, a heavy cut, uh, how you stop the bleeding and how you how can you uh, get them back in there in that one minute time. A ton of value. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. say, say that again. You just say to pack it in. You have to pack it in. Just make sure you know it, you have to get it in there. Simple as that. Use the towel. You have to uh, hurry up and clot it the best way you can, and just hurry up to pack the Vaseline. It's gonna come out, but I mean, mm-hmm. you have to do what you have to do. Sure. Hey, but okay. Uh, so for the listeners that don't know that, okay, I'm gonna elaborate on that. So the cut. The cut is bad. My wife has got the opportunity to be a uh, a cut doctor for for several organizations and stuff as well. And she was still cool enough to hang around and sew people up afterwards. Where a lot of these promoters just said, "Yeah, like, oh, sorry, you know, fight's over." Um, but also, you get, you get the cut. The cut is sharp and quick. You don't necessarily feel it. I mean, you notice the blood, and that, that can get a stop fight, right? But uh, and you know, you pack a bunch of Vaseline in there. You can't use. Back in the day, they used to have some kind of agent or something that would kind of sting the nerves and, or the blood vessels and, you know, quit from bleeding. You can't, you have non-cut or something. Right. But as a fighter, if you get a mouse around your eye, and if you don't know what that is, like yeah. a swelling, it's not quite a cut, and, and the, your quarterman comes over with an end swell, the, that is the most painful, agree or disagree, that, you know, when they, when they start smashing that mouse down with that mm-hmm. end swell, like, oh, my gosh, that you're just nauseously, you're, 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 it hurts so bad, you're just nauseous. You're trying to pay attention to your corner man. He's trying to tell you what you do. You're just swallowing chunks of pain. Just, oh, my gosh. Yeah, those ones hurt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they don't use gel foam anymore, do they? No, I don't think so. You don't get yeah, that was an Upjohn product that uh, you just—it was like a piece of foam. You put it up there, and it uh, actually coagulated the blood right away. And then you could just put a Band-Aid over it, and uh, or more uh, uh, Vaseline over it, and uh, and, get, and go on. But uh, I was, I thought, yeah, back uh, in the day, they used to have there. something on the end of their swabs that would just like you know they'd stick that swab in the deep cut you know, mm-hmm. somehow. Stop, Nick. I don't know what it was, but it burns. Yeah. We can't do that. All right, Bob. Anymore. Now we're going to put you on the, the pedestal, Bob. This is it. You've got your, uh, your soapbox, anything you want. What game, What what was, was the cause of, of Jake Paul going with uh, going over to Dana White and getting permission to box? Okay. So, I'm – Soapbox is mine. I'm sick of this kid. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. (laughs) I mean, Jesus, he goes against everything that I've always stood for. Let let your mouth speak for you in the ring. You know, carry a you know 
a quiet mouth and a big club kind of thing, you know. And and Jake Paul is just the opposite. However, so he going over and he's he's spouting off to Mayweather, Pacquiao. He's spouting off Conor McGregor. Uh, he even spouted off after the fight, Neener, Neener, Conor, you should have took the five million to fight me, kind of stuff. So he's pushing. He's still pushing because even Conor lost, that'd be a draw. You know, it, it's all about smack talking now these days on the internet. So tired of this kid. But anyway, he uh, uh, is slowly going through. You know, the top anybody with a name, anybody that's willing to pay to go show up all right right and um so apparently ben askren went to dana white and asked if he could you know go outside his contract to go fight this guy so mm-hmm. askren was one that asked and so he cha- t- uh, took on the challenge so now that's like that's set like that's a real thing that's happening april 17th okay so ben askren versus jake paul now um one of my first appearances on this show year year and a half ago was around the Ben Askren t- uh, uh, timeline when he came out against Jorge Basketball and he got knocked out and that my little one liner then he Ben Askren for it all right so he better be careful <laughs> had to bring that back okay he better be careful what he's asking for now right because um, this Jake Paul now I don't like him. But, uh, you know, I did a little bit further digging. Um, there's a couple people out there that have trained with him. Jorge Masvidal has kind of helped him out. And Joe Rogan thinks this guy might have a chance to beat Askren because Askren's a wrestler, okay? We know that. He shot in on Jorge Masvidal and ate that knee like a sandwich. Right. Um, and, then, mm-hmm. and then, so he doesn't really have the greatest hands anyway. Now, he knows how to take a hit and he can exchange some punches, but this is out of his element. So this 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 Jake Paul could technically be a better boxer than him. Um, I don't know. So that to me will come down to either, unfortunately, Jake Paul outscoring him, um, or or you know Ben Askren trying to push in for the you know Clubber Lang over over top right, you know um, uh, Teddy Atlas. You know if you've got if you can hit all six of these, you can throw that overhand right. You know. Um, so yeah, so it, it'll be, you know, I don't know. It's not something I care to tune into. I don't get, I don't care about either one of those guys, you know? So that's, Mm -hmm. but apparently all this younger generation, like my daughter knows who this guy is. I don't know who he is. Is Jake Paul. She's 18. I don't care about these kids, you know? Well, my daughter, not the other kids or whatever, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We're on the air. All right. So whatever. But yeah, so that's how that's going to come. Um, there's Joe Rogan spouted up a couple other people spouted up, um, that said Jake Paul is not to be underestimated. He's done pretty good. Um, but again, he's, to me, he's just a smack talking little YouTube guy. I, I don't even, I don't know. I haven't looked him up. Uh, is there room on the soapbox, uh, for me, Bob? <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. Jump up on my box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I concur with everything you said, and I'm going to go a step further. Um, they're setting they're setting Jake Paul up to be a unearned star, a star that didn't earn his shine. Right. If you ask me, meaning this, he just fought a guy who plays basketball in boxing. He just he's fighting a guy who does he's UFC, who does mixed martial arts in boxing. 
How I, I, I'm I'm really getting tired of people who play golf going to play tennis. Yeah. Professionally, you're playing golf, and now all of a sudden you're the you the, one of the biggest tennis stars. I, I don't. I mean, this is is totally different competitions. Mixed martial arts and boxing are totally different competitions. Ben yeah. Askren is going to get stopped. It's simple as that. <laughs> ben Askren has not been training boxing for. I mean, he's been training an element of boxing, but he hasn't been training what he signed up for. It's simple as right. that. For the majority of his life, he has not been. For for the majority of the past three years, he has not been training that specific avenue of fighting. Jake Paul has been. So all you're doing is you're putting the guy who playing who plays golf up against the star tennis player. That's, all these kids playing tennis. These days thinking they're Bo Jackson, you know? Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> exactly. And, and where's the earned credit? My thing is, yeah. where is the earned credit? Where, if you're you're fighting everybody in boxing except for the boxers, how about this? You go ahead and sign a mixed martial arts deal against Ben Askren. I'm going to right. pick Ben Askren all day. All day right. long. Ben's going to grab the big toe and he's going to work his way up to his neck. It's as simple right. as that. But mm-hmm. what now you're limiting everything that Ben Askren's good at. You pick Ben, anybody, you picked him to box against. Yeah, right. That's like Floyd Mayweather boxing against Khabib. Yeah, right. Literally. <laughs> you th- you, you, the the guy is not. Doesn't make any sense. Any but see, sense. Like, but like you were saying that, that there's no credit there. Like, but apparently they don't need it anymore. All you gotta do is get on YouTube and call a bunch of people. I don't know what they do. I don't know how they do it. Call people names, <laughs> do some funny skits. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's that's, that, that's that's sad to me. It is sad because they're setting him up to be a star at the expense of. I mean, in in, in an area where. This competition is not not you know they're not doing that. Like he, I want to see him fight a boxer. Fight all this all all this talking and everything. I mean, how much does how much these weighs like one eighty? Fight a Canelo. No, I hate <laughs> just to that. keep it. Fight a Canelo. Keep it on the show. Let's let's call up the new Ray Robinson. You know, or or, or oh. who's our yeah, yeah Roy. <laughs> you know, like a real <laughs> boxer. You know what I mean? Like, like somebody that, yeah. that does that. Right. Hey, you just brought up. You just brought a, a name up that, that I have on the question. A question on number one: Can Alvarez move up in weight class? And number two, to part the second part of that question is: He and Billy Joe Saunders are going to go at it on May fifth, Cinco de Mayo. So, uh, I guess the first part of the question is: Can he can he move up in weight and be as effective as he has been? And then, then we'll talk about the other one. Well, Canelo's already proved that uh, he, he, he's, he's he's very very capable at 168. Um, after coming down from 175, beating Kovalev, he uh, beat ah ah Luke Campbell, um, uh, uh, um Smith. He beat uh, not Liam Smith. Liam, yeah, it was Liam Smith. He beat Liam yeah, Smith. Uh, yeah. And that's a good win. And, and and his performance was impressive to me. Like he won, he basically dominated the fight. Uh, and, and he he I mean dominated the fight and 
kind of was beating uh, Smith up. Uh, with that said, yeah, he he's he's good at 168, but they're looking to try to uh, uh, Billy Joe Saunders. Uh, he's the name right now that they're looking for. Uh, but they're eventually trying to work unified titles, I'm pretty sure, and they're working their way to Caleb Plant. The fight with Canelo and Billy Joe, I, I, I don't think it's going to be that competitive. I really don't. Billy Joe Saunders has, uh, he, he's ever since, I'm sorry, ever since he's he, he got caught for, with the, uh, the the performance enhancers and he's been suspended, he just he he. he Got caught at middleweight. He hasn't made middleweight ever since. So now we know that you know taking part of the weight off has something to do with that. I'm pretty sure of that. Um, and I mean, who's he fought at 168? Who's he fought ever since Billy Joe's gotten heavier? Canelo's fought fought like really champions. He's fought you know good competition. Who's Billy Joe fought? Him and Demetrius Andre have been back and forth trying to get signed, but they never could fight. And I don't see how Billy Joe's even getting this shot, but that that's the way that's the way boxing works. Right? You know, just it's right. like, he's a guy. He's a guy that you know he was in high demand. He put himself in high demand after the uh, win against Lemieux. But you know, as I say, ever since he got he got you know popped with, with that, and he did the suspension, he just doesn't. I don't think he's the same guy. I don't, and, and I'm sorry, Doctor Chris, because I know Doctor Chris was high on Billy Joe, but mm-hmm. um, nah, I don't. I just don't think he's the same guy. And Canelo would be a bad right now. I think it'd be bad for him to see Canelo. It'd look very similar to the Liam Smith fight <laughs> to me. Mm-hmm. Okay, now you just brought another name up that I uh, got on my list here, Caleb Plant. He's fighting tonight with uh, Caleb Truex. Um. Battle of Caleb. Yeah, it's on uh, on uh, Showtime. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Caleb Plant. I, 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 he he looks good. Caleb Plant looks. He he he. He's a guy. I mean, with the eye test, uh, and he's fought some pretty good competition at that weight. You know, the best. Well, he's fought pretty good competition at the weight. One sixty eight is not the thickest. Division as far as name recognition, um, they have some pretty good fighters. Oh, weight divisions, but they're not the deepest. So, I mean, you you you, you have like your top guy Benavidez, Plant, uh, and right now Truax. Truax, uh, he had two fights against the Gaul, uh, a fading the Gaul, James, fading James the Gaul. Um, and that's how he uh, he got a title. <laughs> I think I'm pretty sure I think he did get the title. He's going to lose his title tonight. I like Caleb Truex. He's a tough guy. He, he he'll get in there. He uh, he's schooled. He's not a slick guy, but he's well schooled and he can bring pressure. But Caleb Plant right now, I think he 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 has the good. He has the good. And I, I don't think it's I think it's you know Caleb. I think Truax is going to come to fight, he's going to be, you know, want to be competitive. I just don't think it's going to be that competitive. I think that uh, Plant might be on another level, the true acts. And, uh, Bob, what do you think about uh, you get Darren Till versus uh, Marion Vittori uh, uh, on the 10th of April? Yeah, that's coming up. And and that one that one spun me for a second because neither one of those names were popping out in my head, so I got to do a little research. Um, so, 
Darren Till, you know, we're talking like the uh, 185-pound division UFC. Um, so these guys are easily cutting from 200 pounds, you know, um, and, and they're pretty stacked up. Um, so they're still packing a punch. Um, Whitaker, or sorry, uh, uh, Darren Till was ranked a little bit higher and recently, not too long ago, fank, or fought Robert Whitaker, who's now ranked number one, and, uh, you know, came down the, 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 the rank a little bit. Okay, so Darren Till's still ranked number four um, in, in the uh, middleweight division. Um, he's coming in with record 18-3-1. Now, he's going against uh, Marvin Vittori. Now, Marvin Vittori, he's coming off a win over um, – Oh, I can't remember his name. So, of course, he went up in the division. So we're basically putting together uh, number four and number five ranked guys, which should be a really exciting fight uh, because they just kind of moved on that pole, um, you know, within the last year. Um, and and this will be an exciting to, to, to watch. Um, it's set to headline the UFC in April. I, I don't know. Uh, that might be the um, the one that, Raquel Pennington came off. I can't remember which one it is, um, but they're they're going to headline, and that'll be you know very interesting to see where they go. So Vittori's on his way, working uh, up the ranks. Um, see if Darren Till's got still got it to stay in there. But you know we're talking about a, a division that's you know headed up by Israel Asanya um, and and like uh, Robert Whitaker, rank one, Paulo Costas. Um, so these guys are hitting hard. They're doing good. I mean Chris Weidman's in that. Uh, 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 division, and I think he's Chris Meidman's going against uh, Ryan Hall here soon, or um, he or Uriah Hall, yeah. And so uh, that'll be an interesting division to watch because they're basically grooming somebody to kind of come up. And uh, at this point, everything else there is chumps. I mean, I don't I don't mean to be disrespectful to the athletes because I know how hard it is. I personally went there, but. Israel Asanda, the, the the top of that division, is on a different plane than these guys, and so oh. they're looking for they're looking for competition for him because right now he's just putting a hurting on everybody in a quick fashion. So it'll be an exciting fight to watch and see how that division kind of pans out. Uh, we still got Paula Costa out there, so might see him against Israel Asanda soon. But um, yeah, so I had to do a little research on those guys, but I've seen them both fight. But their their names just didn't really stick out in my mind, you know. Bob, I have a question for you. Um, yeah. Do you think that if Chris Wyman loses to Uriah Hall, that uh, that'll be it? You know how the UFCs right now they uh, have an active chopping well, block. Yeah, on the chop. I, I think exactly what that's happening. I think I think Dane is throwing all his. I mean, because Uriah Hall was a top contender back in the day, and he don't. And he, yeah. you know, Uriah Hall is getting uh, probably a bit more money than, say, some of this newer talent that Dana's got in the, the stables. You know what I mean? So, as you know, I hate to say as a businessman, yeah, he's going and cutting all the older talent. These guys we used to sign up for in the UFC, they were headlining. Now he's just mashing them together like nothing. And me and my friends around here sitting around and joke, and Dana's on the side of the UFC ring, and he's holding the sign that says, Bellator, we'll see you next time. Like, you're just cut. Like, you're done. Yeah. Yeah. These guys are fighting for their life slash career like if they don't win they're off the roster so yeah so i think he's just got too much talent coming up to where he's he's knocking these guys head to head and um because again i mean uriah hall's ranked eight weidman's 11th uh i, I don't care you know i mean i mean it's, it's a but yeah weidman's just slowly falling down the ranks 
So, but if he comes back, it puts him back up there. Now, I'm not, I want to cut Ryman yeah. out because he's done a lot of great things. Uh, but and he's, you know, he's good. He's versatile. Stand up on the ground. He's, he's fairly decent. But uh, yeah, again, the age is catching up to us, and we got all these younger kids. Like back in my day, it was so easy. Well, it wasn't easy. You still had to pay your dues and take your your lickings. But out in Washington State, we'd go up to Canada and fight all the time. We'd go to a couple of different states, but it wasn't that big, and it wasn't as you know uh, world renowned. So it was easy for me to fly to different countries or different states. To do this now, you know, everybody and their brother's doing it. So you got to be, you know, 10 and 0 in your own state or your own city before somebody's even going to pay you to drive an hour away. You know, they, they, don't, they just don't want to pay. There's just too many, they're, 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 it's saturated now in the, in the lower level. Hey, Z, um, I have a question. Uh, you talked about Ryan Garcia and, and uh, Manny Pacquiao. And he, I say they have a tentative date of 424 at uh, 148 pounds. Um, do you think one one? What do you think that fight's going to bring? Two is it a is it a money maker because of both names? Yeah, uh, and, and we're we're back to we're, we're back to Bob Soapbox with this one too. The, um, oh, the, the internet is 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 just demanding. Stuff that you know that the, the competition really doesn't. He, I mean, Ryan Garcia, he's he's a hot sensation. He's a hot internet sensation. He's a uh, he has a baby model face, and he has a lethal punch. And that is they they are trying to brand him as the next Oscar De La Hoya. Um, and right now, and and within the lower weight divisions, Pacquiao is the money man. He's, he's he's the million dollar money man, and everybody wants to see Pacquiao. Um, and right now, Ryan Garcia is generating the hype necessary, you know, to to make money off the fight. Unfortunately, I don't think that's the, the competition doesn't warrant that at all. And uh, from what I read a little earlier, they're talking about maybe a catch weight of one forty three, and yeah. that, as I say, that's more to benefit Garcia. Because if I'm Pacquiao, I'm not going down to 143. He has to come all the way up. And Garcia, he, I mean, he's a big, he's a big lightweight or he's a big junior welterweight, however you want to put it. Um, but he's a big 135 pounder. Uh, that's still 12 pounds that he would have to move up to fight Pacquiao. Mm-hmm. And I mean, really, uh, within those smaller weight divisions, a half a pound makes a difference. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, so, I mean, it's not uh, – I, I don't think that, as I say, the competition doesn't warrant it, but the hype is, 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 is the entertainment business. It's a show business to, to, to the maximum extent. So whatever's going to generate money, Logan Paul, Lord of mercy, that's going to generate, you know, that's going to, you know, what the promoters or what they're going to look to push. So, I, I mean, as I said, the fight, yeah, it could happen. And it, it, you know, in all likelihood, it might just because of the demand. Uh, how the fight would go if they fought? It depends the weight. It to me, it depends the weight. Ryan Garcia would be, it would be a benefit to uh, have Pacquiao come down to a lower weight. Although Pacquiao isn't the biggest welterweight, and he's pretty sure he could easily do it. It would benefit Ryan Garcia tremendously for that to happen. 
Um, let's see how the negotiations go and, and all of that. But, yeah, that that's quite possible. I don't understand how all of a sudden Errol Spence got skipped over them. Right. <laughs> well, I'm, I don't see how that exactly happened, being as though they uh, were in Al Heyman's stable. Like, Errol Spence is pretty much next in line. So, well, we'll see. Yeah. You know, uh, Sean Porter uh, was uh, part of the uh, – um, reporting area of uh, tonight's uh, set of fights. And he actually did a, a, a damn good job. I mean, he's, he's very well-spoken. Um, he was able to break down the fights for uh, – um, He it wasn't Kellerman or the, anybody. I don't know who the other guy from CBS was, but uh, uh, Sean Porter carried, the, uh, carried that part, so I thought he was pretty decent. Bob, let me ask a question now. You can get your – you can get off your soapbox and get your crystal ball out. <laughs> Given the fact that uh, that uh, Dustin Poirier did so well uh, this last time out, where does he go from here? Um, okay, that's the big question because Khabib's, you know, they're back and forth whether Khabib's going to fight again or not. You know, Danny keeps pushing for it, doesn't want to let him out of his contract. Khabib kind of says he's done. Uh, you know, they flirt around with the GSP thing. Um Really, I, I, I think they've got to get hit the negotiation table with Khabib because, you know, it would give Poirier a shot. Um, but, again, I, we don't know if Khabib's going to, you know, just hand over the belt, you know, but he's still sitting on top. So he hasn't uh, vacated it yet, um, you know, and they're in discussions. So after that last performance, you know, watching the Conor McGregor versus Poirier, you know, Khabib's got to make a decision. And, because other than that, Poirier's just going to, you know, uh, I could possibly see, eh, you know, Khabib vacating the title and st- sticking to his guns retiring and then just doing a Dustin Poirier versus Justin Gagey. Um, but if not, then Khabib's got to come, you know, he's got he's to fight Poirier, you know. And that mm-hmm. was, that, that's the next up and runner. So it just really comes down to if they, we, we can get Khabib back in the ring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and here's the problem also The UFC is a problem when it comes to this Because they're also talking about Connor still in the mix right. And Justin Gaethje said If if Connor fights for a title shot He will not fight in the UFC ever again Yeah uh, If if Connor gets a title shot Right now, uh, I anticipate that Khabib will stick to his guns uh, The top guys right now, Khabib has handled he has nothing yeah. really to prove. Unless GSP comes out of retirement, then I don't see Khabib coming out of retirement. Yeah. Outside of that, I, I, I see the battles of the uh, of the Ustins, as you say, Justin against Dustin. Yeah. Uh, so, I, yeah. So I, I, that right now, yeah, that's the bat. And that's right now. Uh, those are the top guys. They're, they're at the top of the heat. Yeah. So. I mean, you got Ferguson still man, lingering around a little bit, but I mean, really, you have the, the, the just Justin and Dustin are at the top of the heat right now. Both who could be handled. Connor got handled too. So I mean, it really, I don't see any any real incentive for Khabib to come back. Right, and, and, and the sad part because the 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 weight or the fan base that McGregor uh, uh, carries with him. 
you know, I I, I can see possibly Khabib uh, vacating. They're giving the uh, title to Dustin Poirier and then putting a Conor McGregor Justin Gagey matchup to get Gagey to you know uh, versus and then and then trying to get uh, McGregor versus Poirier three. You know, um, I don't know. They're they're going to build it up, trying to make the most money out of it possible. Um, it's not going to make us happy. Um, but yeah, it's, no. it's, you, you don't you don't after a couple of, of showings like that in those divisions, you don't you don't throw somebody just drop down two rankings uh, and give him a, a a title shot. You know, but it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, uh, Z, what do you think? Uh... We've got uh, Warrington going against uh, uh, Laura coming up uh, in two weeks. First of all, Andy, Laura is coming back into the ring with uh, Warrington. What do you what, what do you think about that fight? Um, well, Andy Laura is coming to the end of uh, end of his train, and right. as much as I, I, I like Andy Laura, can't do this forever. And right. unfortunately, Laura is a guy. He's not the biggest. Um, well, what super welterweight with a junior middleweight, however you want to put it. He's not the biggest 154 pounder. And he is now fighting guys who at 154 are huge. I'm, I haven't seen him fight a guy that he's been really physically bigger than and, and maybe 10 fights. So, I mean, it, it, and as I say, he's he's changed his game up a bit. He's more a uh, catch-and-shoot guy. He's more he's going to stand in the pocket. Uh, mm-hmm. he, he, he's, he's made put pressure on you. He's, he's kind of had to change his game up. Been successful, but within doing that, you're taking more shots. You're, you're putting yourself, you know, you're, you're putting more, more stress on your body. You're, going, you're just going to be, you know, there's more going on with you. That decreases the career faster. So I don't know how long he's going to do it. I anticipate that Laura's going to win because usually he's been looking good, but his competition hasn't been. He's no longer, you know, fighting for the top of the, you know, he's not fighting for the 154-pounders. Remember, the Charlos are in his camp. So they're not really, you know, the Charlo brothers, they're not really, you know, uh, on the list to fight. And outside of that, I mean, he, he's he's fought he's fought everybody, so I mean, I, I like him, and I anticipate he's going to put a good performance on uh, the, the you know, being his competition. But he's he's it's it's he's getting to the twilight of things, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, it was uh, one other fight I wanted to ask you about. Oh, uh, uh, Virgil uh, Ortiz and uh, Maurice Hooker. Uh, March 20th. Uh, both of those guys seem to be um, almost at the end of their their um, out. What do you think? The- e- <clears throat> Ortiz. Um, I mean, uh, neither guy is there. There is no longer championship level. And, and as I say, you, 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 they're this right down is. They're making money. <laughs> They're doing this to make money. Maybe try to, you know, have an impressive performance in their name. You know, quickly go, you know, higher up on the list. But right now, it, it's this it's kind of what it is. It's you know, just just trying to see where, where they're at. Making they're still they're fighters, and fighters always they're trying to always going to compete to 
get themselves better ground, better financial ground, definitely. So we'll see. Well, that's, uh, we covered an awful lot of ground here tonight, guys. Man, uh, I'm happy with tonight's show. That was but a fantastic calling, uh, just back and forth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I like to, I like the way everything is mixing right in too. It, uh, you know, it, it's uh, it really makes the, the flow of the show go much faster and much easier. But uh, uh, Bob, I want to thank you again for being so well prepared. Appreciate everything you do. Uh, Z, uh, you're always uh, right up on top of everything with us. And uh, again. Um, we uh, we appreciate everything you guys, both you guys do for the program and Ty when he's able to be with us. So we're uh, see you want to lead us out. Absolutely, uh, wonderful show, wonderful show. I want to thank Bob and happy uh, or I should say early Merry Christmas again. Um, <laughs> want to thank thank you, Butch. Want to thank all of my Fighting Words family. These shows are definitely in memory of Dr. Chris, Coach Mel, and Bob. If anyone wants to hear any fighting words, please do call. Hey, yeah, thanks, guys. Thank you again, guys. Thanks to our listeners. Always a pleasure. Um, love the show. Um, and, and God bless, you know, uh, Dr. Chris and all of our fallen soldiers that have been with us through the show. Uh, me and you were talking off air earlier about, you know, sometimes the beginning of the show isn't that most uh, uh, fluffy because we find out there's bad news and, my hat's off to the, the boys in blue and, and our and our soldiers abroad. God bless everybody. Hey. And just so everybody know, uh, Bob's wife is a um, is a Marine uh, and is a physician in the Marines, and uh, we appreciate her and, and things that she's done that I can't talk about on air and, and uh, things <laughs> that she will be doing, but I'm sure there will be very, very big things come up. Um, uh, and we appreciate everything that she and, and the uh, members of the armed forces do for us. Uh, we appreciate uh, you know, Bob, Coach Mel, and Chris for all they've done for adding us, getting Bob to get this program started. Uh, Mel and, and for getting the, giving the boys the, uh, the the love of fighting, and, and uh, Chris, of course, um, bringing comedy to the area, but uh, also. Uh, now, just so you guys will know, uh, in his obituary, they did mention that uh, he was a, uh, a member of our staff and that uh, he was uh, well loved. And that is yeah, very well loved. Very well loved. Absolutely. Yeah, so. Ladies and gentlemen, these programs are brought to you each and every day to the men and women of the United States Armed Forces, men and women police and fire services, and the men and women on the first line of defense against the COVID. These programs are also dedicated to those who have lost their lives in the line of duty. Deputy Robert Anthony Carroll, Patrolman David Curtis, Patrolman Jeffrey Colcap, Sergeant Thomas Banger, Patrolman Jeffrey Yazowitz, Detective Randy Bell, Detective Ricky Childers, San Diego Officer Mike Handler, Lieutenant Mike Zerba, Newcastle County Police, Patrolman Anafa Crispin, Lakeland PD, Chief Al Hogo, Long Beach Police Department, Chief Jimmy Ford, Wilmington Fire Department, Highway Patrolman Alonzo Moses, Philadelphia Highway Patrol, Highway Patrolman Brian Lazaro, Philadelphia Highway Patrol, Highway Patrolman Brian Murphy, Plymouth Township, PA, Highway Patrol. Lieutenant Bob Neary, Philadelphia Fire Department. Sergeant Mike Wilson, Charlotte County Sheriff's Office. Deputy Chief Mike Godwin, Philadelphia Fire Department. Deputy Jonathan Scott Pine, Orange County Sheriff's Department. Patrolman Robert Jermaine, Windermere, Florida Police Department. Trooper Chelsea Richards, Florida Highway Patrol. Lieutenant Joyce Craig Lewis, Philadelphia Fire Department. 
Patrolman Charlie Cunt at Tarpon Springs Police Department. Hillsborough Deputy Sheriff Tar Charlie Kotloff. Corporal Sergeant uh, James O'Connor, Philadelphia Police Department. Sergeant Rodney Bond, Delaware State Police. Captain Chris Leach, Wilmington Fire Department. Lieutenant Jerry Ficus, Wilmington Fire Department. Lieutenant Ardeth Hope, Wilmington Fire Department. FDLE Special Inspector Vinny Galaccio. Delaware State Trooper Corporal Stephen Boward. Kissimmee, <coughs> Kissimmee Patrol Officer Matt Baxter. Kissimmee Sergeant Sam Howard. Captain Matt Letourneau, Philadelphia Fire Department. Deputy Bill Gentry, Highland County Sheriff's Department. Deputy Clay Zerber, Clay County Sheriff's Department. Deputy Natalie Corona, L.A. County Sheriff's Department. Deputy April Rodriguez, Pasco County Sheriff's Department. Um, Officer Bob McKetchen, Biloxi, Kentucky Police Department. Trooper Joe Bullock, Florida Highway Patrol. And Sergeant uh, Brian Levine, Hillsborough County Sheriff's Department. My brothers and sisters, although you may be 10-7 at this point in time, at some time we're going to be 10-10 at the table of the Lord. Until that time, may the Lord, may the rose ride up to meet you, may the winds be always at your back, may the rains fall softly on your fields, and the sun shine lightly on your face. Until we meet again, may the good Lord keep you and your families always in the hallow of his hands. Good night, God bless, and have a great week, everybody.
County Dispatch of 1999. County Dispatch of 1999. All units be advised, 1999 has responded to his last emergency. May God rest his soul. Good night, Bob. We love you and we miss you.